we want to once again thank everyone uh, for joining us. We are in our third week of looking at having no fear. And I noticed that some of you guys may be wondering why I haven't told you to be seated yet. You may be afraid right now that I'm going to make you stand the whole sermon. Don't worry, that's not true. You may be seated. I don't know how long it's going to be today, so we won't make you stand for the whole time. Just me. No, I'm joking. All right, so our morning message is called, Whom Shall I Fear When I Have God? Now, I want you to look at Psalms chapter 27 with me. So I want you to go ahead and find it. Psalms chapter 27. Psalms chapter 27. Psalms 27. I'm going to read it from a, different, a couple different translations and paraphrases just so that we can get the whole gist. And so I'm going to start off right now with the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I just like the way it phrases some things. And there are only 14 verses. We are going to look at all 14 verses because too many times we tend to look at a passage of Scripture and a chapter of Scripture and we think, oh my gosh, that's a whole lot of it. And we don't ever read the rest of it in context. We talked about that last week when we talked about Jeremiah 29, 11, where we only get to verse 11 and we memorize that bad boy, don't we? And, but we don't know that it starts off in even 20, chapter 28 and even the beginning of 29 saying, you know what? Some bad stuff is coming down the pipeline for you, but don't worry because you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. But we don't get that part of it because we don't pay attention to what came before or even what came after. And so, we're going to look at Psalms 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart is not afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, still I am confident. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and sinking him in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the days of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to answer me. My heart says this about you. You are to seek my face. Lord, I will seek your face then. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me. God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the wills of my foes or false witnesses that rise up against me, breathing violence. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Wait for the Lord. Now, we're going to look at some parts of that and we're going to break it down, but I want to share it one more time with you from a different version of Scripture. This is the message, which is a paraphrase. And it says this in, verse 20, uh, in chapter 27. Light, space, zest, that's God. So with him on my side, I'm fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. When vandal hordes ride down, ready to eat me alive, those bullies and tolls fall flat on their face. When besieged, I'm as calm as a baby. When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cool. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty, I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. The perfect getaway from the buzz of traffic. God holds my head and shoulders above all those who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Already I'm singing God's songs. I'm making music to God. Listen, God, I'm calling at the top of my lungs. Be good to me. Answer me. When my heart whispered, seek God. My whole being replied, I am seeking him. Do not hide from me now. You have always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My mother and father may walk out and leave me, but God, he took me in. Point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. I'm sure now that I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. We heard wait upon the Lord, right? And we heard stay with God. Those are all kind of difficult things to do sometimes, aren't they, though? Now, the author of that psalm is David. And we've been talking about the whole picture, too. So what we need to know is that when David was writing this, when he was penning this psalm, when this psalm, the song came to him. He was singing, writing a psalm, a song about what he was going through. Well, what was he going through? Well, he was facing some serious opposition. He was on the run for his life from Saul. Who wanted to what? Anyone know the Bible story about what Saul wanted to do to him? He wanted to kill him. Here he was. He had been one of Saul's favorite musicians. He was one of the only ones who could calm the evil spirit that had set upon Saul by playing the harp and singing to him, right? And then it got to the point that the evil spirit upon Saul was too much. That even David couldn't calm it. In fact, David enraged it. And Saul wanted David dead. David, who had been chosen by God to be the new king over God's people, to replace Saul because the spirit of the Lord had what? Left him. 
but the Spirit of the Lord was with David, right? And so he's at a time where he is hiding out. Even his parents are no longer with him. They're in hiding as well, but they're not hiding together. So David is essentially all by his self. His family, his friends, they're either in hiding or they can't talk to him because they fear for their life. And so he's feeling a little alone. He's feeling a little afraid, right? We all would be, right? If we found ourselves in an unimaginable circumstance, and many of us have, where what was good and secure was gone in a flash. And all that was left was danger, the questionable things, where we didn't even know where our next meal was coming from. We didn't know where we would lay our head that night. But here's the difference. We've been looking all month at overcoming fear with faith, right? I mean, if anyone can be an example, especially an example of how we can still mess up and then learn from it, repent and find favor with the Lord, it's who? It's David, isn't it? David, who's called a man after God's own heart, right? He wasn't perfect. He had his faults, just like we do. But as he's hiding away, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation in dark times. Now, I think we've done this before, but I wanted to change it a little bit. I want you guys to stand up for a minute. Now, we're going to do a little exercise, and I don't mean exercise as in the physical sense. This is not a workout. And at any time where you feel unsafe, because I don't want anyone to fall or injure themselves. At any time where you feel unsafe, go ahead and sit down. Open your eyes and sit down. So first of all, I want you to start by closing your eyes. You can kind of still see light around, can't you? All right. Now I want you to do something. Take your hands with your eyes still closed and cover them. Just cover over it, guys. It's a little darker, isn't it? All right. Now, depending on your balance, I want you to try to stand on one foot. Right? Take your hands off, but st still try to stand on one foot, right? 
It's a little easier, isn't it, for some reason? It's a little easier when you can see a little bit, right? Because you feel more secure. Your eyes are still closed, aren't they? But it's a little easier because it's not solid darkness. Go ahead and sit down. It's not solid darkness. When we can see a little bit of that light, we don't even realize it, but our brain is telling us, oh, that's okay, you're good. Nothing changed, right? Nothing changed. Just our perception of what was really going on. I mean, we didn't even move our hands in theory. If we would have left them right out beside us, right in front of our eyes, but left our eyes open, it was easier. The moment that it became dark, our faith, the faith that we at least had one leg that was going to work and help us stand standing up, began to waver. And as our faith wavered, what happened to us? We began to bobble around, and then we were like, oh my goodness, we're going to fall, right? Because we kind of expected it, though, didn't we? Just something in our brain said that in darkness, it's going to be harder. But what does David say at the beginning of verse 27? The Lord is my light and my salvation. We always get that, whom shall I feel? The Lord is my stronghold. Whom shall I be afraid? We get that part, right? We miss that first little part. If you're, some people may call it chapter 27, 1A, right? We skip right down to 1B. Whom shall I fear? The reason we have no fear is 1A. The Lord is my light and my salvation. We look at David and we hear his story. We know how he took on Goliath and we think that this boy may have been a little crazy. Honestly. Because... He seemed to be almost a little too courageous sometimes, didn't he? But we're taking it out of perspective. We're not plugging in his faith. We're not plugging in the fact that he is confident in the Lord. And that's what we learn from those first six verses. If God is his light and his salvation, David, who's lived in a cave to hide out, who has somebody chasing him to kill him, but still manages to get away, to survive, to live, knows that God is faithful and delivers him. Whom shall he be afraid of? The Lord is his light and salvation. The Lord is the strength of his life. The Lord has helped him in the past. 
His enemies that have come against him have stumbled and failed. And the Lord will help him in the future. His heart will not fear. For he will remain confident in the Lord. And why is he confident? Because of his faith. And to build that faith, he wants to do one thing. And for us, when we are experiencing moments of fear, this should be our prayer. To dwell in the house of the Lord all our life. Right? And then it will be a hiding place for us. Verse 5 says, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me up high on a rock. Who do we turn to in times of trouble? We all have that someone, don't we? That person we know who's going to be there. Or maybe we don't. And if you don't think you have someone, I'm here to tell you today you do. David understood that. That's why David wasn't afraid. You know, he's saying, whom shall I fear? What are my enemies going to do to me? Because they're enemies of mine, but they're enemies of God. Because I am on the Lord's side. I am dwelling in his house, and I am following his ways. And so those who come against me are coming against him, and those who come against him will never prosper. And if we are dwelling in the house of the Lord, if we are walking in his ways then we too can say, all right, come on and hit me with your best shot because whatever you weapon formed against me shall not prosper for I am on the Lord's side. Because he holds the whole world in his hands and I, I am in the palm of his hand. Right? David was confident in who he put his trust in. You can put your trust in man and family and friends and sadly enough the day may come where maybe even by no fault of their own they will have to let you down. even if it's when they leap through death. But when we put our trust in the Lord, He will never leave us nor forsake us. We will never be let down. So when we find ourselves 
in a time of fear, a time of worry, what should we do? We can look again to what David did. You know, he goes in verse 6, talking about how the Lord will deliver him. But he's still anxious about what's going to happen. So what does he do? Hear my voice when I call Lord. He starts to pray. Hear me. When I'm talking, when I'm crying out, Lord, hear the concerns, the burdens, the things that weigh me down, the things that may erode my faith. Those things that may take me down. Those things that make me anxious, that worry me. Lord, remove them. Hear my cry. And I like this part. Because you've got to get to verse 8. Earlier in Sunday school, we talked about listening to God in the silence, right? Learning to listen to Him in that still, small voice, that whisper at times that we need to be listening for over the drum and busyness and traffic in the world. Verse 7, David says, Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Verse 8, David gets an answer. And it comes from his heart. And it says, My heart says of you, Seek his face. The Lord spoke to his heart and said, Seek me. Seek me then. And David responds, My Lord, if you want me to, I will seek you. I ask that as I seek you, don't hide from me. Let me be able to find you. Do not turn me away. Do not reject me or forsake me. Though my mother and father forsake me. And remember, we covered that earlier. His parents had already gone into hiding, but they didn't go into hiding with David. They went in themselves. They didn't even want to be in the same place that David was hiding. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me then, Lord, your ways. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. Lord, listen to me and deliver me because there are those out there who are still seeking to destroy me even by their very words. We got that, don't we? We've all felt like that. Those who speak out against us, those who bear false witness against us, right? Who try to tear us down 
and destroy us. And oftentimes, more often than not, these are never physical attacks. They're not coming against us physically with weapons. And we think of that scripture that says, you know, the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the enemy. We're not talking about a physical shield and we're not talking about flaming arrows in the literal sense. Anything that can hit a target and make problems. And the thing with an arrow, a flaming arrow, is different. It hits a target, but it also continues to burn and erode away whatever it hit. It does more damage. And that's why faith is so important. Because those arrows may hit, but the faith, the shield of faith, may minimize or even prevent that damage from being even lasting. There's an old saying, it says, let it roll off your back like water off of a duck, right? Now that's kind of hard when people say things that are mean to you, isn't it? But David's not worried about it in the scripture. He says, you know what, Lord, you deal with them. I'm just letting you know this is what they're doing. I've got foes who are bearing false witness, spouting malicious accusations. They're lying about me, Lord, about your servant. You set them straight. They're yours to deal with. I ain't even going to worry about them anymore. We teach the kids a little thing about the importance of controlling our tongue. Because the words can do damage just as much as anything else. We try to teach our children a little chant that says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? But how many of us can say that that has not been necessarily true in our life and that we honestly wish sometimes it would have been sticks and stones because the words hurt more, right? Especially on, depending on who those words come from. And so we teach the children this little lesson with a tube of toothpaste, and we have them squeeze it out and squeeze it out really fast. We give them about 30 seconds to squeeze as much toothpaste out of a tube that they can. And then we turn it around. And we go, well, you may need more time, but we'll give you a whole minute. Put all the toothpaste back in there now. That is almost impossible. They end up making a huge mess because... It's easy for it all to flow out, but you can't get it back. Words can be a dangerous thing. But the Bible, <laughs> David here is saying, don't worry about those. Don't worry about what people are going to say against you. Let the Lord deal with it. Don't fear it, right? He surrenders them into the hands of of the Lord. And he prays, you know what, don't turn me over to them. Don't let this weapon formed against me stand. But instead, your will be done, Lord. Handle it. Handle them. Deal with this, Lord. 
And finally, the last part. I like when to, to learn from David. And when you want to talk about faith and fear, David is a great example of what it really is like. Because he has his moments. If you've ever read a psalm all the way through its entirety, David starts off on a high. About a couple verses down, he hits a low, and he finishes on a high. Let's admit, okay, that is us, is it not? We get up in the morning, and we may have had a great devotion time. We're riding on cloud nine. We are feeling great. You know, we are like lions ready to meet the world, secure in the strength of the Lord until something happens. And it can be something small. Something that bothers us, pesters us. Little by little, something comes in and tries to steal our joy, our confidence, our faith. And we don't even realize it because it's maybe happening in small things. It's like a little leak. You ever have a styrofoam cup? You got a little hole at the bottom of it. It's almost so small you can't even figure it out until you notice that the cup is empty. And you're like, where'd all my juice go, right? It's kind of like that sometimes. We can find ourselves empty. That's the importance of being confident in the Lord and in his faith and having a strong faith. (laughs) The last part of Psalms chapter 27. David says, I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He doesn't leave it there, though. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We read it earlier from the Holman Christian Standard that said, be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and take courage. Sounds like something else that Joshua was told, right? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. But wait upon the Lord. Waiting. This would often leads to our feet. It would leads to our doubt. It what leads to our worry. Waiting. Because we don't know what is going to happen when we wait, right? But David's not saying just wait it out. He's saying wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. One of the other verses, one of the other uh, translations we read said what? Trust in the Lord. Stay with the Lord. Remember that? Stay with the Lord. Don't let fear cause you to worry. But instead, in faith believing, stay with the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. 
He will bless us. He will see us through. We know that David is eventually able to come out of hiding. He does become king. That's uh, some more stories for David. But we know that that moment in verse 27 is not the end of David's story. In fact, he has a couple more times where he cries out to the Lord. And the Lord listens and hears him. We can cry out to the Lord. He will listen and he will hear. There's a phrase called unanswered prayers. And I think that we as Christians do ourselves a disservice and God a disservice by that phrase. Unanswered prayers. Because here's my thing. I don't think there's such a thing. There's either yes, and he provides for your needs. There's a no, because he has something better in store. And then there's a wait because it's not his time. But if we get no or wait, we don't think we've got an answer. Because too many times, if we don't get the answer we want, we don't think God is listening. But David can teach us that. He understands that. He started off going, the Lord is my light and my salvation. And he ends with, and I will wait on the Lord. I will stay with the Lord. God is for us. Who can be against us, right? He is our light and our salvation. Let us walk in his ways and stay with the Lord. And then no weapon formed against us will be able to stand. We will truly be able to have a life without fear. That's where David's confidence came in. Whom shall I fear? But he's not being cocky because you've got to read that last part. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In order to truly be able to take steps to overcome fear, the Lord needs to be the stronghold of our lives. Because that's when it truly is walking with faith when we seek his face, when we seek him, when our one desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to enter our time of prayer, and as the song plays, we're going to take this time in prayer. That the Lord may be our stronghold, our safe hiding place. 
Father, we just humbly approach your throne this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you never let go of us, that you are our light and our salvation, Lord, that we can turn to you, that we can come to you, and you will be our refuge, you will be our dwelling place, Lord. We ask now that you help us, Lord. Give us your strength, give us your peace, give us courage, Lord, to rely on you and to wait upon you, to stay with you, Lord. To not know fear, doubt, or worry in our lives, but instead be bold and courageous servants for the Lord. And Heavenly Father, just be with us this day. We ask these things through the love of Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.